Welcome to Oralphonic, a podcast about Podfic. This month's topic is about Podfic about ladies. And with us, we have Danielle. Hi. And Kess. Hey. And myself, Petika. Before we get too into the topic, though, let's talk about news. And I just wanted to give a quick follow-up to last month where we had talked about there's a newly found to us, it's not a new product, um, called Clean Feed that we tried using when recording last month's episode. And it's definitely like a cool product and it got the job done. You guys could hear our last episode and, and make calls for the quality on your own. It wasn't as great, actually, to me as Skype is. So we're actually back to using Skype this episode. I guess the pros of it would be if you want to record with someone who doesn't have Skype. The thing that I didn't love about it is when you export it, everything was in one line. Whereas, like, there's a number of different Skype recording softwares where you can have the input on, like, the left ear and the output on the right ear or vice versa, I don't remember which one. So then you're better able to like control people talking over each other or deal with background noise. And CleanFeed didn't have any of that. You're able to like mute people as you go, but you have to do that while you're recording. The other thing is it would only make files that were around half an hour long. So if you're recording something long and you hit that half hour mark, it would kind of pause start downloading the file and then start a new file and like I could definitely hear it when I was trying to edit that later to make it sound smooth and I think that would be something pod figures would really have to look out for if they were to use it either do it just for short things or be like oh it just started downloading let's go back and start reading that paragraph over again so I mean it's definitely a tool out there I don't think everyone who's been using Skype should automatically switch over, though. So another exciting thing that just happened is the release of the eighth Awesome Ladies Podfic Anthology, which is an anthology that gets done each year in February with short podfics under 1,500 words um, for the fic that feature women. And you always get a lot of really great femme slash in Awesome Ladies, but you also get a lot of great den fic featuring women. And it's also a good way to start in podfic. A lot of people have done their first podfics for this because it's short and kind of less pressure. So you get a lot of cool new voices sometimes too. So it is eight hours and 52 minutes mm. of Awesome Ladies podfic. So definitely check that out. And that is why we chose this topic this month. It was in solidarity with Awesome Ladies being released. <laughs> it's also Fem Slash February. Oh! Is a good correlation, too. Yes, and I was also thinking, like, Galentine's that, like, yes. has become a thing people started celebrating. So, like, February is a great month for women. <laughs> yep. And the last thing in the news is I am going to be running the second round of the Podfic Critical Feedback Exchange. If you were unaware of the first round, don't worry, you probably didn't miss anything recent. It The first round ran in 2010, so it's oh, been wow. eight years. <laughs> but I was having a discussion with some people, and we were talking about how we kind of felt that now would be a good time and place to bring back some critical feedback and a place to get critiques because there was a time there where everyone was feeling very tense about feedback and how we only wanted it to be 100% positive. And that was largely because Podfic didn't get very much feedback. And that is still certainly the case depending on where you post your Podfic and what fandom and pairing and or characters it's based on. Like, I'm not saying it's universally better, but like, I don't know, kudos has certainly increased the amount of positive feedback pod figures get now versus in the LJ days. And um, we thought it might be have a chance for people to talk about it and be open to hearing ways that they can grow better as a pod figure if they're interested. So the 
rules will be posted soon. <laughs> um, I needed to get through recording this episode first. In essence, you'll be able to sign up to receive and give critical feedback or to give feedback only. You have that option. So if you don't want to receive feedback for your own works or if you're not a podficker but you have opinions about podfic, feel free to sign up and you can share it with the people who submit their podfics for this critique. But if you do sign up one of your podfics, you are obligated to give someone else a critique just to make sure that everyone can get one. So uh, news will be following soon with that. Cool. And let's move on to talkbacks. Rindle sent one in with this to say. Hi, everyone. This is Rindle. I wanted to tell you about the Zendom Archive Project. You might have seen them on Twitter or Tumblr. It's a group of people who are digitizing old fanzines. And a few months ago, they were looking for volunteers, which is how I got involved. I think they have over 8,000 zines already, although I don't know how many of those still need to be scanned. But one of the Zendom organizers, her name is Morgan Dawn, she's been in touch with some of the authors from the zines and she has asked them for permission to post their fic online. So when she told me that, I was like, um, as long as you're asking for permission, how about podfic? So we talked about it and she was, uh, she was enthusiastic about the idea and we put together a little info about podfic, what it is, what blanket permission is, and then she sent emails to some of the authors again. Long story short, at least five have said yes so far. Uh, I think one said no, and another one was actually interested in listening to Podvik, which is cool. Of course, the authors fix, most of them haven't been posted yet, but we're working on that. If you are interested in volunteering, they're probably still looking for help. They're on... Twitter at Zendom, Z-I-N-E-D-O-M. I think that's also their Tumblr um, handle. They've been tweeting links to the stories that they are finished with that are posted. I've seen some Star Trek and Starsky and Hutch, um, Blake's Seven, I don't know what that is. And uh, I think I saw Beauty and the Beast, if anybody remembers that TV show from the 80s. The permission statements are going up on the author's fan lore pages. I've also added them to the database on fpslist.org. So if you go to the author's page and just do a search for fan lore, they'll come up. There's not very many fan lore links in the database, so they're easy to spot. So if you're looking for some new old fic to podfic, check them out. That's awesome. That is really great news to hear from Rindle. And thank you to Morgan Dawn for asking for blanket permission to podfic from these authors. That is super great. And it's something that I know, especially as we these days, so many of our old fandoms are being rebooted. Having access to some of the original content to be able to podfic it will be super great and relevant going forward. So thank you to both of them. And, and I'm so glad that we can share this. In blanket permission lists, some people were looking for permission lists that were fandom specific. So, like, for example, if you're very into Star Wars and you want to know which Star Wars authors have blanket permission, it's a little bit old school, but Fire Juggler from like 2012 to like 2015 made a list of blanket permission authors um, through Google Docs. So, if you go to one of the pages, it'll say the author's name what exactly their permission statement is. So like, are they cool with pod fix or remixes or fan arts or just certain things? There's a link to their master list and then a link to their permission statement, um, wherever it is on the internet. I know I like lived and breathed by some of those lists, especially back in the live journal days. Oh yeah. I was deep on the, on the X-Men one. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that we should move on to our main topic, which is about lady-centric podfic. 
So I asked the two of you on because you are well known to love the ladies and help produce podfic that features ladies. And I assume you listen to podfic as well that features them. Yes. So I guess just to start off, what are some resources out there for people that are interested in such things? Like, obviously, the awesome ladies podfic anthology that we mentioned earlier is a great place. And there's been eight of them so far a lot of podfic from awesome ladies the other thing if you're if you're a podficker who wants to do more podfic about women awesome ladies is actually a really good way to find stories because if you look at most of the authors that people are podficking for that anthology a lot of them are blanket permission and a lot of them have a really vast wide-ranging body of work that features women Honestly, half the time when I'm picking stories for Awesome Ladies, I'm looking at the spreadsheet of everybody else and saying, oh, I didn't know that author had blanket permission. And then I'm going and looking at their fandoms and finding something that way. So even if you just want to read stories that feature women, or if you want to find stories to podfic, going off that list of authors that's included in all the anthologies is a really good place to start. Um, I agree. I went on the the Awesome Ladies Podfic anthology just to look at what authors were there um, and also like what fandoms people were in uh, because a lot of I realize a lot of fandoms like have different I guess like culture aspects so like in Supernatural it sort of looks like there's a lot of white dudes in it but there's actually a lot of lady-centric Podfic and stories so I love going there for all of even the old school links like to Audio Femme. And I think there was like the Wear, Wear No Woman challenge from a long time ago, which was specifically about the unerasing the women of the Star Trek universes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing about women and podfic, too, is that I've actually found that old Amplificathon entries can be a good place to find podfic about women. It's hard to actually find unless you're willing to just sit there and scroll through posts. Mm-hmm. But because of the points awarded to rarer pairings and smaller fandoms, there's a lot of really cool niche women podfic that you can find in old Amplificathon entries. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, but good call. I think... I think things like Awesome Ladies and Amplificathon, it's one of those things where it's like, I think there's a lot of people that enjoy the women in their fandoms or fandoms that they don't necessarily spend a lot of time in, but star women or whatever. Like, I know I am particularly bad for this. I go where there is the most fic. And, but I will have like, my natural instincts might go elsewhere. And so I will use these challenges as an excuse to be like, okay, I know that if I, if I do like my white dude slash podfic, it'll get a lot of attention, but taking part in these challenges, that's not the point to get a lot of attention for it. So let's go in and do something that I actually really love. And that's when I'll I'll go and record things that are more likely to that feature women that are femme slash that are whatever, because that I am truly interested in it, but it's just not always the place that is easiest to go. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people, honestly. So you're not alone. Yeah. I think that's also one of the reasons why you will see like there's a lot of love for Rule 63 stuff, because it's like People do honestly love stories about women, but it's just so much easier to go for like the big pairing character that they know and love than it is to go and search out the characters or the the pairings that they're less familiar with. And a lot of times with Rule 63 too, you're as a podficker, unless you're willing to write your own stuff, mm. you're more limited because of the general fandom tendency and we can talk for days about what causes that. I think there's lots of multiple factors. That <laughs> yeah. Into- yeah. But That's... it means that you have to work hard to find women to women's stories to podfic, especially if you want femme slash. So if you're willing to do rule 63 too, you can get some really, really great stories that explore gender in a great way and let you focus on women, but still have a ton of material available. Yeah. For sure. I know that's one of the things that can, like, thing that you were referencing before is one of those things that has bothered me in the past where it's like, I love this fandom, 
but it is pretty much non-existent. Or I love this source material. I want there to be a fandom around it, but there is pretty much no material. And as a podficker, there's only so much you can do to create source material. Like you just, you can't, I mean, some people can not podfic off the top of their head, but it's not a skill set everyone has. So, you know, if there's only one fic out there, you can only podfic it once probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a little off topic. There are fandoms that do have a lot, a lot of women focus in the fandom, even when it's like the dreaded side character pairing and your main slash pairing. But it, in some fandoms, it has sparked a lot more fic and podfic around around the women. I'm thinking of Berlin specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Berlin has this huge side pairing and tons and tons and tons of Merlin Arthur fic. But it's also a really big pairing on its own. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other pairings in Merlin um, for women that have a, like, disproportionate to the amount of, like, stories about them, podfic. Yeah, You know, I was kind of thinking that about Bandom today, especially when Bandom was really at its height in the podfic fandom world. A lot of the guys were in committed relationships, if not married. And people genuinely liked their wives, which is a, a vast relief over the like some of the stuff that I've seen in other fandoms or especially in the past where like suddenly they're crazy bitches and things like that. We're looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That wasn't even the first fandom I thought of. Like, there are so many others that have done that. So people would still write their slash pairings, but a lot of them, like, the wives would pair off with each other. So you'd get, like, the femme slash pairings happening as side pairings. And then, like, it's certainly not as big as Merlin. Like, Gwen Morgana and, and the femme slash in general in Merlin fandom was definitely bigger than the presence that I saw especially podfic wise in Bandom but there's definitely like gun slash and I've listened to podfics that are just purely about the wives and whatnot not even just the wives like there are band members in the extended bands that are women that would get their own stories and whatnot so it is a thing that happens <laughs> in multiple fandoms you do find when you're somebody who likes to read and write and create around women, you do find that you do have to like make your opportunities. Yeah. Like I sometimes write and when I write, it's mainly because nobody else is writing what I want. Yeah. And that is like the two longest things I've ever written were supernatural femme slash stories because otherwise I couldn't get them. Even if you're not going to write it yourself, you can kind of create the pull that you want by deliberately seeking out the stories that you're going to podfic and pushing to make podfic a part of other um, women-centric challenges. Mm-hmm. So that that is something I think can work really well if you participate in things like Femme Slash February or there's a bunch of other like little small women-focused challenges where you don't have to write necessarily, you can do podfic and that can create interest in podfic in that fandom or for that pairing. But when it comes to femme slash and, and women, women podfic in general, you just, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Because nobody is going to do it for you. Yeah. Just a side note in talking about other challenges that do that, this is an old com. I don't think it's still active anymore, but one of the first big bangs out there that allowed podfic as a primary work was Ladies Big Bang. Really? Yeah. I don't remember if anyone took them up on it, but like not only did they allow it as a primary work, they also like made a post so that authors could go in and give blanket permission because they wanted to make sure that Podfickers could participate. So that was one of my like back in my head gold standard comms for like how to welcome Podfick for a long time. That's really neat. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to say I remember being particularly inspired, Kess, like a million years ago. You and I recorded a, a Podfick together and uh, <laughs> it was during Amplificathon. And I remember you said, Yeah, my goal this Amplificathon is to only record like femme slash or women centric 
Podfix, and I was like new back then, so I didn't even understand the gravity of what a challenge that was. <laughs> um, but now I find myself like gravitating more and more towards lady centric things. Like I, at the end of this, put a rec for myself, and at first I was like, mm, "Is that a little gauche?" And then I was like, "No," because how many fem slash Podfix or even fan works out there? like feature like two women specifically women of color like it's so hard if you're not willing to write your own things yeah yeah i know i was glad that you wrecked that that was smart (laughs) i i also totally get those like personal challenge things like one of my fandoms for the past few years has been daredevil from the netflix tv show and the times that I've actually podfix stuff for it has been for ITPE and I I've gotten pulled into the lady loving track for it. So thus far I've posted things that the primary pairing is fem slash. Now it's like my personal goal where anything that I, I post in Daredevil fandom either needs to really feature women or be like completely women centric because now it's a thing that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that year for Amplificathon, I think that was 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the year I got third place, and it was wow. It was specifically because I was only doing women, so it, basically it was anything but slash, and I included gender swap in that because I have very strong feelings about gender swap, women still being women. So it was interesting. That was the closest I'd ever gotten to winning just by focusing on women because the pairings were so rare that I was getting maximum points for all of them. And I know someone who is setting goals for themselves in this next year about the podfic that they create, um, having less than 50% slash and I think less than 50% white only characters, Mm -hmm. which is, I think you do have to not force yourself because all of these characters are awesome and it's really easy to create fan works about them. But just because of the numbers game that you're looking at in terms of what's available for you to podfic, you do kind of have to give yourself a goal and it becomes easier once you get to know all the authors that you can rely on for this sort of thing. You know, the other thing is it depends on how you're participating in fandom at the moment. I have a real difference between what I'm consuming and what I'm creating a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I consume whatever is there, <laughs> literally all of it. Um, even stuff that's really bad. If I, if How I like, can you do that? <laughs> but when I'm reading that, I, you know, I just, I read everything. I'm a pretty voracious reader and I always have been, but when I'm creating, if I don't have a really strong connection to the pairing or to the character, I don't really have the urge to, to podfic. And there's, there's times when I really fall hard for a slash pairing. And then like it happened to me in supernatural and for hockey. And it's like, I spend an entire year in like this slash days and I wake up at the end of the year and I'm like, Oh, you created 200 podfics. <laughs> wow. And I don't remember any of it. But when I'm not in that kind of fandom cycle and I don't have a pairing like that for slash, I actually enjoy how eclectic my reading gets because I'll just, I have fan slash bookmarked um, as a tag on Pinboard and I will just go to my subscriptions and look through all of the fix that people have tagged with fan slash. And I have read some really cool kind of original fiction works that way. There was a really great, oh my gosh, a library focused epistolary fic that got posted recently. That's kind of night veil slash library. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll link it somewhere. Uh, I found I found it that way. So when I find those things, I'm often bookmarking them to podfic them. And because I want to create things that I feel that connection and urge to, and that's often in women characters and femme slash for me. And if I have the space for it, if I'm not in a slash podficing fugue state, that's where I go naturally. But it exists in both places, you know? Like, I'm consuming all of the slash for my Star Wars pairing that exists, even though there's hardly any. But I'm still also looking for all of the Hera or Ahsoka stories that I can podfic for that. So for me, consuming isn't necessarily what I create. I think that helps. Yeah. It's an interesting way to think about it. 
I, uh, for me, this gets really hard because I, as a person of color, tend to gravitate towards characters of color. So I wish I could consume everything, but I would end up just wanting to burn the AO3 to the ground. Um, so, <laughs> like, <it>. this... <laughs> but in uh, Star Trek, it gets difficult even to try and, like, filter the pairings I want because I'm actually a very big Spock Uhura person. Um, I only ever saw the movies, and there was this one person whose fic really got me into them and trying to filter that pairing so that it's actually Spock Uhura and not Uhura is a horrible man-eating bitch. Spock can only be saved by Kirk's magical healing cock fic. Trying to draw the line there is is so so hard. That is Um, that is definitely like one of the things that makes me miss Live Journal the most. And and that's part of the reason why I end up reading things that are primary pairings like where you go into the tag and it's 99% of the time going to be that pairing because it's really frustrating when you are into something that is the secondary pairing in most fics I've done that at least twice before and it drives me batty where it's just like I'm looking for this pairing not this pairing showing up for five minutes (laughs) and then disappearing And AO3 just doesn't deal with that well. They need to have like the primary versus secondary pairing filters or people need to change how they tag things or something like it just the way there was a breakdown somewhere along the line. Whereas like back in the live journal days, like, you know, there might not be a ton of Uhura things, but if you went to an Uhura com or a Spock Uhura com, you knew that like 99% of what was on there was going to be relevant, was at least going to fit the descriptors, and that like possible 1% was going to get banned pretty quickly. We just don't have those filters anymore because Anyone could put whatever the heck they want in tags. But like AO3 is really great if you want big pairing A, but it is really sucky if you want something smaller. Like I have a cousin who exclusively reads Femslash, and the amount of time that they have gone into the Femslash tag on AO3 and gotten things that are just full on slash, like, because <laughs> like inevitably it's like the two female characters gave each other like a look in the background or like they were really were a background pairing but it's generally like they're so background that the fic has no interest to them it's just not and it's not you like AO3 is an amazing site for a lot of things but it really sucks if the thing that you are into is not what everyone else is into yeah you have to learn coping mechanisms you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the Tracking tracking tags and pinboard for femslash and other pairings helps. And also, if you can find fandoms that are really female focused, like I didn't put Legend of Korra on our yes our, our avatar on our list of, of things um, that have a lot of podfic because there's not a ton of podfic in those fandoms. But the fic itself is full of stories about women, really really great stories. And you know there should be more podfic. I'm working on it. A lot of other people are too, like Litra, but we can make that happen. But if you want Femslash, if you can find the fandom that has Femslash, and if you like it, which, you know, you can't always guarantee that, yeah. then it, it can become easier. And I guess we haven't really talked that much about Het either, because that's the yeah. other thing that has lots of women in it. Yeah. Or yeah. potentially. <laughs> yeah, sometimes... Het is difficult because it gets, it's like this might start as a het, but it's really just a setup for the slash, and you're yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I learned that. It, well, no. Yeah, that happens in a lot of fandoms. But, yeah, then there's also some, like, some stories that are, like, het pairings, but it's really, like, lady-centric. Oh, I didn't put this on the list, but Parks and Rec is a big fandom where that happens because, like, Leslie Nope is deeply in love with Ben Wyatt, but mm-hmm. um, like that's where the the quote unquote holiday Galentine's Day comes from. Yeah, yeah. And Leslie Nope just loves her her female friends. Like, well, on the show, like there's one character, April, who has a semi rivalry with Ann Perkins. But for everybody else, like all the women love each other and like support each other and have these like 
great relationships with each other. <laughs> There's a point where Leslie gets married and they get her a Babe Lincoln stripper. <laughs> they, all, they all do such great things together. And normally, like, Ben and Leslie might be, like, the pairing, but it's really just focused on Leslie and her awesome group of female friends. Yeah. Leslie and Anne are the best. I love them. They're so, they're so good. Oh, I love them so much. Fandom does have good het, though, now. Like, this is something that I've seen change over time. Mm-hmm. Where, where het fandoms and het pairings were being written in a way that really didn't work for me as woman, as a feminist, <laughs> as a queer person. But over time, I've found that a lot of authors now are writing both slash and het, and sometimes some slash. And so the writing that works for me is being translated to those relationships. Fandoms like Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Jake and Amy. What, what? Uh, I love them so much. And there's a lot of good fic and pod fic for them that's written in a way that is not classic het. It's more classic, but it writes women characters really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I have... Like, the first time I tried to be in a Het fandom, which was Terminator, which is one of the ones on our list, it really shocked me because I had gotten very used to Slash fandom. And Jen, Het, Femslash, Slash, they all have their own aesthetics. In a Venn diagram, there's overlap, don't get me wrong, but there's certain things that, like, we take this way thing and we interpret it this way. And, and like, I see that happening in Slash fandom where it's like, this thing is always interpreted this way no matter the fandom. And I think that just are patterns that fall into in those four categories. And 15 years ago, when I got into Slash fandom, it was a lot more like allergic to women than it is now. Slash fandom has gotten better in some ways at dealing with... I I don't think that we're perfect. Like, there's still a long road to go before we're good but like we're better in a lot of ways and I mean the stories that I tend to enjoy the most are that are from Slash and and Het are ones that are written by people that traditionally write Slash but that said like I recently when Beauty and the Beast the the 2017 version came out I fell into that fandom and I was able to enjoy it in a lot more ways than when I first went into Terminator fandom like in the mid-2000s and was just like, oh my god, like, how are you reaching these conclusions about characterization? Cameron is a robot, why is she crying? <laughs> like, she's not actually a teenager, she's a killing machine. <laughs> like, I think some of those aesthetics are beginning to overlap more and more, and it makes it easier to, to switch between them now. And uh, I think that's all for the good. Yeah, I feel that too. But now, like we said, in the rise of like Brooklyn Nine Nine fandoms and, and like Parks and Rec, and even a lot of the Mad Max, like Fury Road, the women are being written a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in a in a fandom where you have more than one woman character, it turns oh. out you can have a lot of different types of women written. Who knew? <laughs> so let's actually take a minute to talk about some of these fandoms that we have on our list. We've mentioned a couple of them. I mentioned Terminator because it is forever the fandom of my heart. I know for me, my main pairing was Cameron John because I watched the TV show. Um, although I did actually like Kate John as well, even though a lot of people pretend the third movie never existed. I quite enjoyed it. There's also a lot of really good gen built around like, you know, just robot apocalypse and, and Terminator one of the reasons why it was so beloved was the, like, kick-ass women in it. Like, the literal kick-ass women. (laughs) And Terminator Podfic, there's actually a surprising amount of it. I think it might be in the top 50 most Podfic fandoms, just because there's some people that really love it, like me and Nickel Mountain. And I've, like, begged enough people to make me Podfic from it, that there is stuff for it. And a good chunk of it is is Cameron centric. You can definitely get podfic about the women in there and Sarah centric obviously too. We also had Avengers and MCU on that list. Yeah. And I just wanted to um put out for young Avengers, there's actually quite a bit of Kate Bishop America Chavez podfic, mm-hmm. which is a great fem slash pairing that is really I think kicky and snarky and appealing to people who are mainly Slash fans. 
that's a good intro point there. And then just the number of great stories and podfics that feature Natasha. Yeah, and it, Natasha Maria and Natasha Pepper are the femme slash pairings that I'll see most often. There's a lot of gender swap there too. So yes. Some of my favorite podfics feature Tony Stark. Um, yes. Those are done well. Also, like Darcy's the little black dress of that fandom. There is so much head out there for Darcy. And like, if you want high quality head from that fandom, go check out Black Glass. Like, so much of it. To Darcy Steve, and I will never forgive her for it, but I love them. (laughs) Yeah. Darcy Clint is also a fairly large one. Actually, there's the the run universe that I wrecked last month that has me like now willing to like die on the hill of Darcy Bucky. Whoa. Like I never saw it coming, but now I'm like a million percent there. <laughs> you know what I'm actually really excited about? I'm hoping and I think we're probably gonna see a surge of femme slash and women centric stories coming out of Black Panther. Yes. So. Yeah. And I I think we're gonna um like I I really hope so. Just given the number of women in that movie and how badass they seem to be, I'm really excited. Hopefully we'll see a resurgence of fun flesh stuff happening there. I think there's a lot of really cool potential. And if enough people jump on it, it'll happen. We also have Merlin on this list, which we talked about. Um, oh, I love, love those guys. I will also specifically say check out Sofanisba for a lot of fun yeah, slash. That was on my list to mention. Absolutely. Yeah. She has also done um, a Femme Slash February thing this month where she's releasing a, a women-centric podfic almost every day. Really? Yeah. So if you go to her AO3 page, there is a ton. The latest one is Merlin, but there's a whole bunch of fandoms too. So yeah, I included Once Upon a Time. I've never watched that show, but there are tons of It is pretty Femme Slashy. At least, like, I watched the first couple seasons, and then it kind of just kept going, and I, I totally see where it's coming from. <laughs> I do like some of the, what's it called, Snow Queen? Swan Queen. Swan Queen. Well, I, I'm assuming Snow Queen also exists, but Swan Queen is the bigger one. <laughs> yeah. There's also Sleeping Warrior, which is the Aurora Mulan pairing. Yo! So good. I'm not in that fandom that much, but please tell me that there is a lot about uh, Red, Red Riding Hood, because oh, yeah. she was amazing. And Belle, although I'm yeah. sure a lot of it is Belle and Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Red. A lot of people, from what I can tell, also ship Red and the Evil Queen. I mean, one of the things that was lovely about that show is that there just were so many amazing women and the stories were so centric on them. Like, And it was almost like a little bit of that role reversal where certainly at the beginning, I gather it changed later on. With the exception of Rumpelstiltskin, a lot of the other dudes in there were plot devices and women were the storytellers and like the emotional cores of it. Do we want to talk about Supernatural? I feel like in Supernatural, there was like a core group of people who were like ride or die for defending the female characters in that fandom. <laughs> Cancerina comes to mind. There's me. Tipsy Kitty has a lot of really good topics that stem slash a women focused in that fandom. So if you look, it, it's a giant fandom. So if you look at the whole thing, it's really easy to just see the Tin Hatters and the people who are like really, really sure that Danielle and Genevieve are beards and all of this other stuff yeah oh my god oh wow but if you if you dig deeper there's a lot of really great stories that got told about the women both the characters in the show like joe and ruby ellen but also um the queer woman so there's a lot of good fic about her and about other female characters and there's a decent amount of pod fic um, that got made back in the day. So that's one where if you want to dig in, there's quite a bit available, but it's hard to find unless you know where to look. So like Cantorina, Tootsie Kitty, me, authors to look at would be um, Shosh, C-H-A-S-H. We used to do a ton of like small fix, uh, comment fix that focused on the, the women characters. So I feel like that was also 
a bigger fandom when Audio Femme, the, the Dream With Com, was at its height. So probably that's a good place to look. Oh, yeah, for sure. And oh, you know yeah. what I'm really hoping? <laughs> I'm hoping that Supernatural people will start watching um, Winona Earp. Oh. oh, I heard about that. Yes. And start creating more podfic. I don't think there's any podfic in that fandom yet. Um, and there's not a ton of fic either. But it is a lot like Supernatural if Dean were a woman. Oh, okay. Who had more agency. <laughs> and there's also a really great black male character who's a main character. And canon lesbians. Oh, nice. So I think it's a really good kind of reimagining of that kind of show, but focused on women instead, which is awesome. And I hope that people who like Supernatural will watch it and then come make lots of plotfic. All right. Are either of you guys Star cool? I wanted to mention that briefly. Star Wars? No. No. Star Wars adjacent, but not a Star Wars person. Gotcha. So that one, like, there is quite a bit of podfic for smaller things. Like, there were a ton of um, Star Wars podfics and awesome ladies this year. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's really good for it, although it's difficult to find in authors with blanket permission, so you have to do a lot of asking. But there's a lot of um, female characters from, like, the Clone Wars and Rebels and the extended universe novels that aren't in the movies. Mm-hmm. Movies were still, even with Ray and Jin and the more recent movies giving us Finn and Poe, you're still kind of limited when it comes to the, to the female characters. But when you look broader into the, the Clone Wars and Rebels, especially so many women that are really, really great and people are writing a lot about them. Mm-hmm. So the gen and the, the pet and the femme splash tends to be really good. So I'm hoping more people will, will look into that and start making more pop there. Yeah, this is like a touchy place for like women characters, but there is speaking specifically for podfic there's a lot of stuff for like Game of Thrones, be it like the show stuff or the book stuff. I haven't personally gone there because I have one Game of Thrones pairing that I'm interested in, but there's so many female characters in Game of Thrones that there also ends up being a lot of, like, female-centric, like, podfic or, like, tons of femslash, all the femslash um, pairings. And I think a lot, yeah, I think a lot of that came out with ITPE as well. There was some good Game of Thrones representation. Cool. And I think the last one in there that we haven't touched on too much is Mad Max, which was definitely one of those shows that fandom fell in love with, or it was a movie that fandom fell in love with. Yeah. It's not a movie that I would normally enjoy, but it was so well done and so focused. For me, it's a movie about the dangers and the end game of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that the way back from that is not through violence, but through love and growth. So that part's really cool. But there's every kind of woman character you can want in that movie. You've got Theosa, who's the badass. You've got a whole bunch of older badasses. Like, Granny's mm-hmm. riding motorcycles. <laughs> best. Yep. Um, and you've also got more traditionally feminine characters who aren't necessarily sure of their own power or whose power isn't violence. In the wives. And so fandom really has taken that and done a lot with it. Schmaler has a lot of good podfic in Fury Road. I've got some. The Rhiannon She has done some. So there's podfic there, but the stories are also just really good and rich and right for podficking. So if you want to find, if you want a fandom that has a lot of uh, varied female characters, that's a good one to, to go to. All right. Do we find that female-centric podfic differs from other podfic? Like, in your experience, has it? In the realm of podfic feedback, (laughs) (laughs) it gets less than the slash, which is already pretty dismal because of the format. So when I'm making it, I make it because I love it. And I know that somebody else will love it, too, even if it's not for, like, the widest audience. Mm -hmm. That's. I mean, that's just part of it, I think. And But also, because of the fact that, like, lady-focused fandom is used to living in this little tiny world where we have to carve out all of our space, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of 
support that you can find for creating in women-centric fandoms and, and challenges. So we make it happen. You just got to get hooked into that and then it'll be there. Yeah, but yeah. it's definitely not the stuff to go into if you really rely on feedback. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I will say that if you will make Cora Asani podfic, people will lap it up, including me. So I think I think there's quite an untapped market there if somebody wants to move in on it. Yeah, I don't think the podfic specifically are, are different. The stories are certainly different than regular slash, but I think yeah, the the feedback is is not it's not as popping. Yeah, I get that. Honestly, sometimes the feedback I get is more meaningful. Yeah. Sometimes that's when it's good to have, like, a mix of, like, okay, I'm going to do this one because it's popular and this one because it's meaningful to me. And the, like, feedback from the popular one will help motivate me to do the thing that is meaningful. We all acknowledge that feedback is there for a reason. It's helpful. It's hard to produce completely in a vacuum. Yeah. We're, we're breaking out. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's more and more there. You just got to keep plugging away at it. And the changes in the canon, like the fact that we can even have a show like Winona Earp, where two women are the main characters of an action supernatural show. We're getting more female characters and we're getting more queer characters. We're getting more women of color in our stories. And I do think, too, how fandom reacts to the females that are there is different. Some of it, too, is also just who's audibly and visibly loving people. Yes. Because it's not necessarily that people have changed their opinions. Mm-hmm. It's that there's more public support for loving female characters, for characters of color. And there's less, well, I hope that eventually we can work toward there being less blowback toward loving those characters. Yeah. So I think it's changing slowly, but can't rely on that. We have to make it happen ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think of a place like, I have a love-hate relationship with Tumblr, but one of the things that I enjoy that it's done is that it does have people talking about things that they like and love that they're not necessarily going out and creating fanfics about. They'll be creating fan works about, creating gift sets and meta posts. So there'll be fan works being created about these characters, but it's not the kind of traditional fan works that I was more likely to come across in the past. And it's not the type of thing that like is necessarily what we, we're looking for as podfickers. But just the general idea of people going out there and, and being like, look at these amazing characters that were often ignored in the past. When they're going out and having squee posts about them, it means that someone who might have been on the fence now likes them more. Yeah, we're visually talking about them in a way that everyone can see mm-hmm. in a positive way. That creates an environment where they're less likely to be demonized. Yeah. The last point on there was about gender swap and female characters. I wrote a meta a few years ago about how I think it's important for gender-swapped characters to be included in things that are focused on femslash and het, like challenges and communities and things like that. I once wrote something for femslash February that was gender-swapped characters, and I tagged it with femslash February and then like got this note on it that was like, not actually femslash, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> I do think that gender-swapped characters as part of Femslash and Het and Gen women communities and, and thought in fandom is important because it helps to create more female characters, for one thing. So it's, it's, it's a transformation of the canon in a way that I think is similar to querying the characters in canon. Yeah. So I think it's important that way. But also it's kind of like a gateway drug to Femslash for mm. regular non-gender-swapped female characters. I've seen that a lot and have a lot of people mention that to me. So if you think that it's going to take away from the canon female characters, I think the last couple of years proven that incorrect. So as part of the of like get everybody on board with fun slash and female characters, gender swap can be a really good way to, to get people excited about women in their fandom. And that can translate to the canon women characters. I completely agree with that. It is a gateway drug, really. I can see why if you're someone who is always already dealing with female characters, why it might not feel as necessary for you, or it might feel superfluous in some ways. But it's one of those things, too, that when you want to have a discussion about gender, switching someone's gender like that 
is such a compare and contrast way of doing it that it can allow you to have conversations. And I'm not saying every Rule 63 does that, but it's a facet of it that can be very interesting to people. And, you know, part of it is also diversity of characters. This is getting better in canon media and works, but you can get a different kind of woman character by gender swapping a canonically male character than you can in a lot of canonical female characters. That's changing, but it gives you a broader canvas of women to write about with different stories and different motivations. And I think that can really ignite imagination in a good way and make it more likely for somebody to get into those gender questions in a way that it's harder to do when you're dealing with a canonical character who's a woman and written by a man. <laughs> yeah, I really feel that because I'm not really an Avengers person. Like, I, I've seen some of the movies, but I, I'm not in that, like, fandom. I don't really, aside from Black Panther, which is perfect, um, <laughs> I don't really go looking for that, that content too often. But a lot of, like, the stories where they gender swap Tony Stark bring up a lot of questions because... If, you know, you have someone who is this badass lady scientist who's, like, embraced her sexuality and owns this, like, multi-billion dollar weapons company, like, what is her life actually like compared to the Tony Stark of the Avengers, like, male films? But I'm team Rule 63 for that all the way. I I love all of the gender-swapped Sam Steve. That's, I live there. I create tons of pod fakes where usually they just eat breakfast. Affinity <laughs> for breakfast food, but um, yeah, the conversations you can have when you gender swap a character but keep all of their like character traits the same is really interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to move on to Rex? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, again, if it's ghost to write your own pod fakes, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I recently finished and posted the story Farm to Table Non-GMO Responsibly Sourced. Um, It's written by Impertinence, and it is a Brooklyn Nine-Nine story where Amy Santiago and Rosa Diaz go undercover as hipster, artisan, olive oil, and maple syrup, like, businesswomen. It was so wacky. But, like, as a woman of color sometimes like like you said like you don't want to go to fandom for all of the like educational 101 how you write these non-white character stories you just want your people to be having all of the fun dumb antics that everybody else has so these two are undercover as two married women because the people who are importing this undercover maple syrup is like a lesbian biker gang. It was, it was great. <laughs> it was so much That's fun. Funny. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I had a ton of fun recording it and it's, it's out there and I loved it. So like, obviously they get together at the end, but yeah, like you said, like there was really no gay freak out. Amy Santiago just kind of has general anxiety about being the best cop ever. So she was worried about like, do I seem lesbian enough? Like, are we fake married the right way? Loved it. So that's on there. And then going like all the way back there is um, Amply Recathon from 2012. Cantarina made a rec list of all of the fem slash pod fix or like female centric pod fix that she was into at the time. So if you don't know where to start because the AO3 is vast, that gives you some like pod to look at and also some authors to look at. Awesome. Okay, so I think I'm next. I am wrecking two specific podfics that were made for me for ITPE, so maybe that's also gauche, but (laughs) I don't care. The first one is called Be Yourself, My Ally by Joy and Repetition, written by Imperfect Circle, and it is a Diana Prince, Etta Candy fake dating story, Ooh. um, where basically Diana comes to Etta Candy and asks her to come and be Diana's uh, lover to convince the mascara to not separate themselves from the world permanently. And Joy and Repetition has this really, really great narration style that just worked so perfectly for Etta Candy's inner monologue. I could just picture her doing everything in the story. There's a pair of kittens that she ends up adopting and the way that she talks to them and the way that Joy and Repetition does that dialogue is just 
perfect. So I really enjoyed listening to it. I love it a lot. And if you're at all a Wonder Woman fan, it's a really, really good fic. And then the other one I wanted to wreck was I Miss You Sideways Daily by Rhea314, written by A Million Smiles. And it is a Pidge story from Voltron. And it's an asynchronous, so it's out of time. But it's little vignettes of Pidge and herself and her family. And I just really love the way that Rhea314 put all of the emotion into it. Um, when, when stuff is happening out of sequence, it can be difficult to tell a through line emotional story, but she did it perfectly. You can feel how Pidge is feeling in all of these different places and how it makes a coherent linear story, even though what's happening isn't happening linearly. linearly. So I really recommend that. And then I also just wanted to say that when you are looking for femme slash a woman focused podfickers, Annalise Ten and myself are good options, which is why we're on the podcast. <laughs> but Dofinitza, KLB, Schmaler, Tipsy Kitty, Cantarina, Black Glass are all really great places to start. I will add joy and repetition to that. She's a new podficker, but she's got a lot of good stuff there. So we're around and we're easy to find um, once you find one of us because we make stuff for each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. yeah it's good to get in those circles so here are my recs the first one is evolving in circles by juniper phoenix written by heart Fixively. it is honestly one of those stories that just dug into my heart and stayed there and i actually got juniper phoenix to record it for me i think for a charity auction but juniper phoenix did an amazing job of it it is terminator and it is uh cameron centric and it is sort of cameron john but they start off with cameron john and john's kind of like okay but i need more emotions from you i guess we're breaking up and cameron is a robot who it takes her time to learn emotions but all she knows is John she does love him and it takes her a while to quite realize that and she's devoted her life to him even as he moves on from her and it's kind of heartbreaking and in fact she becomes so human it kind of goes against canon but in this one she's the one that gets kidnapped and they base a terminator on her because they don't realize she's not human And that's kind of where the evolving in circles comes from, because she, when they do eventually capture her, like, Terminator version, she tries to teach it all the things so that this Cameron can be, for John what she wasn't fast enough to be to keep him with her. And then she kind of just sends it off. And it is completely heartbreaking. And it is all Cameron point of view, and all of her just, like, being a badass throughout the apocalyptic future and keeping on keeping on and it's amazing so you should go listen to that the next one that i have is doctor who podfic called experimental science by otram and it is written by corona Oshram has like a fairly strong Texan accent and it's amazing how Donna like she comes to sound for me like it's just kind of polar opposite accents but like it just really comes to like represent her so well for me. It's post Donna's season in Doctor Who when she's been left behind and just stuff starts leaking through and her kind of just dealing with it. And Donna was my favorite companion ever. And her story was completely heartbreaking. I love stories that can help deal with her continuing to grow from who she was before all of this happened and who she kind of reverted to. And this one does that. So I highly recommend listening to that one as well. And the last one is a Rule 63 podfic called Cute Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Night Tracer, written by Little Nosing. And it is a Panic at the Disco podfic where uh, Spencer Smith and Brendan Urie have been Rule 63'd and they still manage to form the band and go out and take over everything as Panic at the Disco did, but this time they are lesbians. So 
It's quite fun to listen to. I'm actually in the middle of a re-listening to it right now. And Night Tracer does a lovely job reading it. So those are my recs. That sounds rad. All right. Thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. And I believe that's everything for this episode. We will see you next month. Bye. Bye.